Look, Bumble knows you're exhausted by dating. All the, must not take yourself too seriously, and 6-1 since that matters, and what do I even say other than, hey? <sighs> well, that's why they're introducing an all-new Bumble. With exciting features to make compatibility easier, starting the chat better, and dating safer. They've changed, so you don't have to. Download the new Bumble now. Due to strong language, viewer discretion is advised. Today on an all-new Dr. Phil. You say he's an animal that belongs in a cage. They agree their son is uncontrolled. You just came out and you threw a pill bottle at your mother. I don't need pills in order to sit down and talk. But will they give in to him? I will always forgive him because I love him. Or disown him forever. I regret the day that we adopted Adam. You said that you should have just drove past the hospital. Yeah, maybe that would have been the best choice. Let's do it. I hate to see people suffering, and you've hurt long enough. Stand by, Dr. Phil. Take I'm going to get you the help that you need. In five, four, This is going to be a changing day in your life. Go, Dr. Phil. Well, parents, I want you to ask yourself this question. Is there anything, anything that your child could do that would leave you saying, that's it, I am done, you are dead to me, I am disowning you, cutting all ties, saying goodbye forever? Could that happen? Well, for Tim and Karen, that question has become a reality, actually. They are completely divided over whether to walk away and shut the door for good on their only child, Adam. But it wasn't always like this. Sadly, Tim and Karen were not able to conceive a child of their own, but were overjoyed when they adopted Adam at birth, beginning a family life that could only be described as picture perfect. Now, all that happiness has been ripped away because they say their son has turned into a monster. In fact, just six days ago, they had to bail him out of jail due to a felony arrest just so they could be here today. Threats of violence with knives and guns, a drive-by shooting, DUIs, and countless trips to hospitals and jails. Karen and Tim say the past six years of their lives has been nothing short of a nightmare. Take a look. My son, Adam is self-destructing before my very eyes. Adam was the sweet, loving kid who went away to college and became a monster. He grabs a knife from the kitchen, shows it to me like, if you come near me, mom, I'll use it. When he gets upset, he completely goes ballistic. We've had to call the police on three separate occasions. I wasn't sure whether this is drug related, but when this kid goes off, this kid goes from zero to 60 that quick. He's punched holes in every door that we have upstairs. It is so frightening. Thrashing, hitting, kicking, knives in the wall, busting the bedroom door. When he flies off the handle, he's verbally telling us to go off. I'm gonna take this house apart. You and mom are everything from you, piece of you're a you're a lousy mother, kiss my ass. He's gotten right up in my face and challenged me. He's waiting to go fisticuffs. What he needs now is his ass kicked. He's a bully, is what he is. 
completely out of control. I believe the rage overtakes him and that he cannot control his emotions. He has attempted on three separate occasions to take his life. He will threaten us with, I will take this family down. Okay, now obviously my question is why would anybody do that? But because he does, because of all of Adam's violent and abusive behavior, he has been banned from his parents' house, but his destructive behavior has continued nonetheless. Adam has not lived with us for three years. After Adam's drug taking, his violent behavior, and the DUIs, we said no more. Over the last three years, Adam has lived and probably been kicked out of about seven living situations. Property managers call me and say they want him out. He rages, he fights. He told me he has a gun. October 14th, 6 a.m., I get a phone call from Kristen, Adam's girlfriend. We're in the ER, um, Adam's nose is broken. It's never Adam's fault. Just last weekend, Adam got into more trouble. Adam calls me and says, hey, mom, I'm driving home. We say no, and Tim flips out. Adam is raging, screaming, yelling, you're horrible, this is I'm going to destroy you, I'm taking the bike. And Tim texts Adam and says, you have 15 minutes to get out of the house or we are calling the police. He stole my motorcycle. He was gone when we got here. Tim immediately says, I'm getting a restraining order. The fear was so overwhelming. We secured the house, we changed the locks, and that is when I... Well, the chaos Adam's parents say he has created over the years has left Tim wishing he never adopted his son. I, I don't care what happens to him. He's not part of my life anymore. Why should I continue to call and talk to this kid when all he does is turn around and trash me? There's no respect there. There's a lot of times now where I look at Adam and I don't even see my son there. It's not like he died in high school. And whoever this other person is, he's not my son. I'm not interested in anything that kid has to say. When we go on the show, when he walks out on that stage, I don't care what he says. I don't believe a word out of his mouth. I don't trust him. He's out of control and he creates chaos wherever he goes. I regret the day that we went to Santa Cruz and adopted Adam. If Karen and I would have just passed the hospital and went over to the Humane Society and picked up a couple of strays, we would have been much better off. Well, on the other hand, Karen believes with everything in her heart that there is just something wrong with Adam. She refuses to give up on her son. I can't fix Adam. I've taken my son for medical evaluations. I have a psychiatrist saying he's bipolar, and then I have another psychiatrist saying he's not. I don't know. I've moved him into four rehabs. I've done everything possible. I am grasping at straws. Tim wants to wipe Adam out of our lives, and I can't do that. I'm Adam's mother. I can't force a relationship between Adam and Tim. I've separated myself from that a long time ago because it's harmful to everybody. What I want for Adam is to have peace. At the end of the day, I will always forgive Adam because I love him and I, I can't write him off. But I, if I have to remove him from this environment, I know that I have to do that. All right, well, I'm glad to meet y'all. Uh, you're done. 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 Yep, three years ago I was done. Yeah. yeah? When you said, I wish I had never adopted him, most oh, yeah. of the audience just recoiled. They just yeah. like, oh my God, that is... This is a living hell we're in. parent could say that? No, this, let me tell you, um, you know, I was, a, I was a police officer for 30 years and have dealt with a lot of issues. And when I look at this kid, 
Um, to me, he, he, he was, when he went to college, we lost him. My focus now goes to my wife. Because you said, in, in all candor to us, you said, I'm coming to the show, but I am not coming to fix my relationship right. with him. I am coming to help her right. turn loose, exactly to help her right. let go. Exactly That's what right. you're here for. You don't want to have some come by uh, no. with Adam because you wouldn't he, believe it. He's going to lie to you. Let him come out. He's a manipulator. You say he's an animal that belongs in a cage. Absolutely. The only thing I think right now. You're talking about your son. My son, Adam, for, for I mean, I'm not a doctor, but I, I know enough that this kid needs to be in a controlled environment. He cannot be out in an apartment or someplace roaming around. It doesn't work. You, your husband says about your son, Quote, I don't care if he's sleeping behind a gas station. Yeah. Okay? Yes. How do you feel? Well, nobody, nobody wants their child sleeping behind a gas station. I mean, clearly, I'm a, I'm a mother first. Um, you don't want that for your child ever. Um, but I will tell you that last week, before I wrote your show, that um, Adam called my husband and I screaming raging because we would not get him a flight home. He didn't want to drive eight hours back to go back down to San Diego. And I emphatically said, absolutely not. That right at that moment, I realized I can't do any more for this child, I, th my, this young adult. I have, to, I, have to, I have to replace child with young adult because he is 24 years old. And Tim and I have often talked about me thinking about Adam, the young pictures that you see. And I have to think of him as a, an adult, that he is able to make his own choices. Do you care about this connection here? Yes, it's, yes, absolutely. Let me guarantee, I guarantee you this much. No matter what this jackass pulls, nothing's going to come between the two of us. That will never happen. We're going to take a break, and then he's going to come out. Our Twitter is blowing up right now. Uh, NPR mommy says, stop calling him this kid. Like it or not, he's your son. Uh, at Healed Heart says, dad, you can't give up on him. That is not an option. Now he needs you more than ever before. And D.H. TaylorMade says, never give up on your child, adopted or not, he's your son, always will be. Get him the help he needs. Give him the help he needs? We've given him every single thing this kid needs in the last six years. Well, obviously not, because it hasn't helped. I mean, there's something he needs that you haven't given, Yeah, he needs right? to bottom out. Somewhere along the line, he needs the safety net pulled out from under him where he can then go, right. wow, I've got a problem I need to move on with my life. That's Dr. Tim's analysis. Dr. Phil's may be different. I don't know. I haven't met him yet. I might agree with you. Uh, next, Adam is here and places a lot of blame for his downward spiral, guess what, on his parents. We'll talk about that when we come back. My parents had a complete influence on me becoming addicted to drugs and alcohol. I pulled a knife on my dad because I couldn't get their attention in any other way. Tomorrow on an all-new Dr. Phil. Local mother facing charges for a house party. Police say they rounded up 26 minors. She's been dubbed the Florida party mom. All of these kids, how did they wind up in your house? I was in the bathtub and they snuck in. When the police show up. We need to open the door. We don't have to. Why wouldn't you just open the door? You won't believe what they find. This is the parent hiding in the closet. Why were you in the closet? That's tomorrow. I don't think Adam is suicidal. He said he took 30 pills and it actually turned out to be like maybe eight of them. And he's told me, I just want to say sorry and goodbye, Dad. Well, he, he didn't go anywhere. It's like, okay, I'm trying to kill myself, but not really. 
It's complete manipulation. Adam admits he's angry, hostile, and simply not the nicest person to be around. He just says that's true. He chalks up all of his issues from past substance abuse to multiple arrests to being byproducts of how he's been parented. I believe that my parents are very responsible for a lot of it. Being sheltered, going off to college away from my small, rich, little community and having no responsibility aside from going to school. I was seen by a number of doctors who right off the start said that, that I had ADD. At that point, my parents thought there was something mentally wrong with me. I was bipolar, I had an anxiety issue. I was first introduced to Adderall and Xanax, my drugs of choice, by psychiatrists and doctors. And illegally, I have used marijuana and cocaine, crystal meth, heroin. My parents had a complete influence on me becoming addicted to drugs and alcohol. I sold drugs to not only support my habit, but to fill the void of not having parents in your life. I can lose my temper very quickly. I pulled a knife on my dad because I couldn't get their attention in any other way. I was just that sad little kid who got violent because when I spoke calmly to my parents, it didn't work. I have a very addictive personality, but right now am I addicted to drugs? No. I have so much anger towards both my parents. I've never in my life heard of a parent that has willingly turned their backs on their kid. Okay, Adam, you just came out and you threw something at your mother. Yep. What'd you throw at her? Um, Xanax. It's a uh, anti-anxiety medication and I don't need that to face. You just sell it then, right? Is that what you do? But why I've been did clean you... and sober for eight days now, and I don't need anything to mask my emotions at this point. Why did you throw it at your mother when you walked out? Because there's a lot of anger and frustration. Um, you threw a pill behind. bottle at your mother. I'm just asking you why. What did you accomplish by doing that? To maybe get the attention that I don't need pills in order to sit down and talk. Do you think that's appropriate behavior? Probably not. Because that just seemed very tantrum-like to me. You pulled a knife on your mom and dad, and you said that was because they wouldn't hear you otherwise. If I talk like this, it's, it doesn't mean to you. It doesn't Seriously, mean... when have you ever talked to me like this? And the whole clean and sober thing, and the whole thing you want the relationship built up, you, not, not more than eight days ago, you came home for two days, you sat in the hot tub and you smoked dope. That's, that's building up the relationship with me. And then we go to Tahoe, you come home, and then I come home and you threaten us, make our life miserable on Sunday and steal my motorcycle? That, that's building a relationship? You gotta be kidding me, seriously. This is, this is the that you pull. She buys it, I don't. You wanna show me something and get a relationship back? Okay, maybe it sounds a little harsh, that I'm, I've got to cut ties with you because quite frankly, I'm not going down this road. And my job here isn't for you today. It's for mom to get on board with me. And if you want to choose to live that life, Adam, then you know something, knock yourself out and go live it. Just leave us alone with it. That's the bottom line. If you want to sell drugs and you want to be a, a, a you don't want to do anything that's right in society, or I don't really care what you do, if, as long as you leave us out of that lifestyle. That's my point. Now you want to honestly, with all the rehabs and the, all the mental health and all this other crap that you've been through, that's all to me is just a waste of time. 
and you want to turn around and actually say, I'm ready to accept some help, but, it, but you know something, I'm not going to believe that because I don't trust you. So let your actions prove a point. You want to go to another rehab, which I think is a waste of time, prove me wrong. Go do something positive in your life and prove me wrong. You want to build a relationship? You show me that you're clean and sober and that you're not acting out like a, a fool and we, and, we, and we end all this nightmare stuff with your mom and the manipulation, you've got my attention. But we're not talking a week from now. We're not even talking a month. I'm talking maybe even a year. That you cannot have any problems for at least a year and show me that you're man enough and have the courage to stand up and be a man and take care of yourself. Until that happens, you're not, you're not invited in my life. I don't even want to think about you. Is that clear to you? Leave mom alone. Calling her work, intimidating her. Come after me then if you want to talk to me and do that. Tell me I'm wrong, Adam. Tell the whole audience here and everybody else. Tell them I'm wrong. Listen, I know how to do an interview, but you're the first one I'm going to come to if I need some help with it. <laughs> Tell me how you feel about what he said. I'm angry. I'm angry and I'm sad. So are we. You're done. And he was done three years ago. I saw it on the video. You've taken knives and stabbed holes in the walls, right? Yeah, in the past I have, yes. You, you've punched holes in the walls, too. I'm told every door upstairs in their house has been replaced because of holes, that you ripped the closet doors off the room, you throw pictures and break furniture, and anything that's belonged to Tim, he says you've destroyed. You've had two DUIs, one on Christmas Eve. Um, you've done cocaine, heroin, prescription pills, marijuana, and alcohol. Yes, but I, I guess the only thing I can say is recently, no. You've been kicked out of seven apartments. Your mother says you always threaten violence with guns and knives. You got busted five days ago, right? So you're out on bail right now. Um, did you post the bail? I had no choice. Why didn't you have a choice? Because I felt really comfortable exactly where you were. You were going to be in a controlled environment where you can't manipulate anybody. And if that's county jail for you, then that's county jail. The only reason you're sitting here is because I agreed to come on this show to help mom get to the point where she's not going to be torn up every time you make a phone call or make a, a, another one of your bad judgment calls. If I was a parent, I don't think I'd ever turn or say I'm done with my son or daughter ever. It that proved is, me wrong and, and change your life around and be somebody that doesn't commit crimes and, and intimidate and, and, and destroy your mom every single time you have a problem. So can I ask something? Yeah. yeah. So when, when I did get 30 days of sobriety, clean and sober, for the first time in my life, who came and visited me? Mom did, right? Yeah, I didn't. And you know why? I've been saying it through the whole show. Maybe it's a little harsh to people that don't live in that situation, but... I don't trust that. 30 days is nothing to me. What do you want to hear from your parents, from your dad? What do you want to hear? I'd like to hear that you love me, but I know, I that, love that's, you. I, I know that that's not true. At this I point. do. It's just a hard way that we're going to have to go down a road to prove it. You might not understand that right now. Maybe sometime in your life, and I hope to God it happens for you. Yeah, I'll always love you. I just can't have you anywhere around us. I mean, you said that that you should have just drove past the hospital? Yeah, you know what's something, Adam? That, me that makes me Let feel me... really good. Well, you know something? And sometimes maybe there's a little shock to some of these things I'm going to say to you because I'm angry. 
And people say a lot of things when they're angry, but you know something? If I knew the hell that you put us through in the last six years, yeah, maybe that would have been the best choice. So you'd take it you've back? Erased, yeah, I'd take it all back because you've erased it all. You want to start all over again and show me that, you know, we can move past this? We're, we're a long way from that right now. Like, my, my, like I said, my concern isn't for you right now because I don't believe anything or trust you. I'm done. You've emptied every gas tank that I would have with any emotion towards you except for that I'm trying to protect mom. And you can sit here and shake your head all you want. I still love you. Yeah, prove it. Well, Adam says he's been clean and sober eight days. Well, we put him to the test, and we're going to tell you the results when we come back. I was charged with felony possession with intent to sell Xanax. And now things get real. $10,000 bond and two felony charges. I worry what this kid's capable of. Let's face it, a lot of kids kill their parents. I'm more in fear, actually, of Adam popping up and, and causing problems in this house than I am with people I've actually put in jail for the last 30 years. It's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price. Priceline. The first page of a book never tells the full story. And those news alerts and headlines, like the ones we get on our phones, don't even scratch the surface of what the story is really all about. Stories are like people, multi-layered and complex. It takes some digging to find the truth, but when we find it, it can change our world. We like to dig. The news on Merritt Street, essential television. Well, that was Tim, who fears his adult son, Adam, could seriously hurt or worse, actually kill his mother during one of his out-of-control rages. And maybe that's not so far-fetched since Adam has pulled a knife on both of his parents in the past. Police even told his mother that in the past year, they had to arrest Adam for threatening someone with a gun. Well, six days ago, he was arrested for a felony and had his bail set at $10,000. His parents only bailed him out to come here so we could talk this through. Now, Tim was very concerned that once Adam was released, he would skip town. So we agreed to be there the moment he was released. And I guess Tim's intuition was right because Adam said he had plans to head straight to Mexico. Take a look. I was charged with felony possession with intent to sell Xanax. And now things get real. $10,000 bond and two felony charges. Lost my friends, I lost my family. I lost my schooling. I lost everything. I was so relieved when Karen got the phone call. And normally we get the phone calls when he's in jail. And this is the one time where she said he got arrested in San Diego and I felt completely safe. I felt my wife was safe. You can't come here. And that night I actually slept like a baby. I feel like it is awful. I ate twice in two days and could potentially do now 
up to a year in this horrible facility. I would have gone right after getting out of jail to probably down to Mexico and then from there, who knows. My family doesn't trust me at this point. I don't even trust myself. When I was calling my mother from the jail facility, her words were, your father is done with you. I was done three years ago giving him what he wants. It never ends. Are you a threat? Your father says you're a threat to your mother. Are you a threat to your mother? No. I mean, are you going to hurt her? No. I've read some of the text messages you've sent her just a few days ago. One of them, you said, just wait. Next weekend, you're gone. Next weekend, you're gone. I look forward to it. Tell dad that bike and car will be gone. I'll go straight to your work. There's no more arguing. Then you said, I'm about to lose it at your house. You better think twice before you put me in a situation like this. Then you said, you don't call me, I'm out of here. I knew this would happen. your idea, family. Then you said, if you can't book me a flight, this is going to be scary. I'm not being hostile ever again. I've just had it with your Where's the on my end? Then you said, I'm already out with your bike, getting gas, and already switched the plates out. You have made this worse, so I will do what I have to. I'll be in Mexico faster than your dispatch goes out. And none of that holds true. I left your bike. I didn't, I, can you explain to them when you got home how the house looked? House was clean. House was clean. I mean. House was clean? He vacuumed the family room. The bike was in the garage. Your keys are at the house. I never took the keys. You, you hit his keys? Yeah. Did you get him back? No. He, he said, unless I turn his phone on, he's not going to tell me where the key is. Where your bike. keys are under the doorstep. What doorstep? In the front house. Well, now we got to get home quick to get the bike. You know. <laughs> well, this isn't live. OK, good. So nobody's going to beat you there to get the keys. <laughs> I didn't catch that. Adam, um, do you think your father has justification to be frustrated with you? More than justification, yeah. Yeah. You think his reaction's a little over the top? Beyond, yeah. You don't think you would ever do that to one of your children? Never. Uh, and most of the audience think they would never do that to their kids. Um, so you're in a bit of a minority here. It's uh, okay. If you think his position is overly harsh, raise your hand. Yeah, that's a lot of people. Um, if you think he's justified, raise your hand. That's a lot of people too. Looks about 50-50. Adam insists he's clean and sober. We did a drug test. Closed captioning provided by Adam insists he's clean and sober, so we gave him a drug test. We sent it to a lab for the results. Can I see a list of all of the prescription medication that this young man has had? So you got Adderall, Percocet, Vicodin, Vistaril, and Clonopin, and he tested negative for everything uh, but marijuana. He was also negative for Xanax, 
uh, which is what he was arrested for allegedly trying to sell. So what's happening to all of these drugs? Where are they? Um, the majority of them I took, the ones that I didn't take are there, and the rest were taken by police. You've been prescribed a lot of medication too as you've been diagnosed as is bipolar and ADD, ADHD, and a variety of other things. Don't you think you ought to figure out why you're behaving so erratically? I'd love to know. Um, because despite your attitude, go through this thought process. Um, people do things for a reason, right? Right. I mean, we don't do something for no reason. Right. I agree. So if somebody's doing something that is not generating the results that they want or anybody else wants, something's happening in there that distorts their reasoning. Correct. True? True. So in that regard, you've got to be saying, where's the why? And that may not be your job, but it's got to be somebody's job. You've got to figure out, like, you're saying, I'm done, I'm through with him, it's over, I'm not going out the road anymore. If I ask myself why, I can make a list. I can go look and make a list. Say, well, he's done this, lied there, stole this, yeah. cheated that, threatened my wife, blah, 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 blah. I go, I go down a list, I can make a list of why you're that way. What's your list for him? I'm done with this because it's, it's, he's had a tremendous amount of help through, his, through this period where I'm sitting back going, until he wants to do something to change his life, and we've had professional people deal with him to try to make him understand that we want him to go down this right road, I don't know how to do that to him. Okay. But, I... but that doesn't mean that you stop. Let me tell you, if, if I have a child, and I have two, I've got one about his age and one a little bit older. If I have a child that is lost in the dark, I am going to look for him how long? I'm going to look for him until. I'm not going to look for him a week. I'm not going to look for him a month. I'm not going to look for him a year. I'm not going to look for him six years. I'm going to look for him until I find him. You don't stop looking. You look until. That doesn't mean that you have to lead with your chin. It doesn't mean that you don't put up precautions. It doesn't mean that you don't protect yourself and your wife. But it does mean you look until you find them. And I would want my kids to know, if you ever get lost in the dark, I will look for you until I find you or die. One of the two. I would hope that my boys would know that no matter what. Now, that does not mean I would let them have access to my house, let them steal my cars, tear up my home, any of that stuff but I would look until I found them. I'm open to that. You said you came here to convince her yeah. to join you in quitting on him. And I said, that's okay, because mm -hmm. I want you to come here so I can talk to you and say, this is over your head. This is a problem that's bigger than parenting. Yes. But I tell you what I see here, uh, do I trust him? No. But I think that this is a quality human being. 
You know, it's the old saying, Thank God you. don't make junk. And he made this, this, this guy right here. And he is a worthy human being, and he is worthy of unraveling whatever it is that's got him all balled up. Are you interested in this conversation? Yeah. Yes. I mean, is it possible that there's something going on with you that you don't understand? You know there is, right? There has to be. All right, we've got to take a break. Next, we're going to talk to someone that says that she lived in constant fear of Adam snapping and feared he was capable of anything. I'm talking about his ex-girlfriend. We're going to add her to the conversation. Well, we'll be right back. He would scream in my face, throw things, slam doors. I'd feel like he's a ticking time bomb. Tomorrow on an all-new Dr. Phil. Kimberly was dubbed the Florida party mom. Accused of partying with drunken teens. We don't have to. Why wouldn't you open the door? That's tomorrow. Closed captioning provided by... Adam and I dated for about a year and two months. Adam has a problem with anger, and he doesn't know how to control it and will act on it if something isn't going his way. The relationship was very stressful because Adam was so quick to get angry, anything could set him off. He would scream in my face, throw things, slam doors. Adam would call me a bitch, and he would tell me to off. I have worried that Adam would harm me because I've never ever seen somebody act that way before. He did slam my finger in a door once and it was really bad. I thought I had to go to the hospital. I am done with Adam. I feel like he's a ticking time bomb. All right, well, Kristen is joining us. You, um, you were in a relationship with Adam for how long? A little over a year. You say you feel like he's a ticking time bomb. What do you mean? It's, I felt like I was constantly walking on eggshells with him. I had to always think about what I would want to say before I would say it, because anything, anything could set him off. And when you say that he scares you, how? He can get right in my face, like this close to my face when he yells at me, and I'm scared that he's actually going to take action and like punch me or something. He never has punched me, but it, it's really scary when he's slamming the door, screaming at the top of his lungs, punching my room, anywhere around in my room, throwing things. It's just, it's like a huge temper tantrum that I, I'm really scared. Can I ask something? Uh -huh. Who was the victim of the domestic violence this last time on paper? <laughs> I pushed you. I pushed him away from me. Uh -huh. And... And what happened then? What do you mean? Did you file a police report? I did against him. And I didn't against you. So? I didn't. May I see this? What are we looking at here? You did or you didn't? I didn't. I had the... Well, rightfully police so. Police hold the... So this was filed by you? And that's not mine, no. That's him, but I did file a police report. On Monday? On Monday. I wanted a restraining order. I was scared for my life. Should she be? No. You got any other things in your pocket? <laughs> I mean, let's get it all out, right? I, I want to 
I can't help if I don't know what all's what. That's it. All right. We're going to take a quick break, so mm -hmm. uh, we'll be right back. We can't do this show without you, our studio audience. If you're going to be in the Los Angeles area and you would like free tickets, go to drphil.com and click on Be in the Audience. Because we have a lot of fun here, don't we? Yeah. Or you can call 323-461-PHIL. Basically, what I'm focused on here is this why question. Because let me tell you something. When somebody does something, that isn't getting them what they want, and they keep doing it over and over and over, something is seriously out of whack, right? I mean, mm -hmm. something is not in balance, just in the, the rationality of, of life, right? Right. I mean, when he's yelling and screaming and threatening, and I'm gonna tear this up, and he is tearing stuff up, what you see on the outside is anger. I always look past the anger to see what's behind it. And I guarantee you, if in those moments of rage and chaos, you could unscrew the top of his head and look down inside, it would do two things. It would scare you to death, and it would break your heart. Mm -hmm. let, me, let me tell you how I approach a situation like this. I, I look at what's currently going on. I mean, you know, we want a snapshot of history. But, you know, you can stop a movie at any point, just still frame, and make a lot of judgments about that movie, but if you don't see it all in context, uh, it's, it's hard to know what the movie's about. And I, I know that right now, this freeze frame of your behavior um, has gotten into what I call auto-exacerbating. It's a situation that makes itself worse. You know, you make one bad choice, and then that leads to, oh, well, now I gotta lie to cover that up. Well, I took this drug, now I gotta take this one, and then I gotta take that one. Now I've burned this bridge, so I've got to come over here and try something dramatic. And it's just, it's auto-exacerbating. It just makes itself worse. I don't know what's going on with you, but I know that you aren't making the choices you want to make in your life. I know that you're eight days sober, so I think you need help with drugs and alcohol. And I'll guarantee you there's something going on with you neurologically. I asked Dr. Charles Sophie uh, to join us today. Uh, he's an internal medicine specialist and a psychiatrist. Um, and Dr. Sophie, I'll ask you to weigh in on this. What happens to the brain if, it, if you are not ADD or ADHD and you are prescribed Ritalin, for example? Well, you can awaken a lot of things within your brain because you're changing chemistries and balances and you'll have outrageous responses. You'll have rebound, you'll have rage, you'll have all that kind of stuff. But for you also, I mean, genetically, you don't know, I don't think so, where your biological parents had been from a mental health perspective. I want to introduce you to someone else that I asked to come here. Um, this is Ben Levinson. Ben is the co-founder and CEO of Origins Recovery Center. Ben, I don't think I have ever seen a, a better fit of a dual diagnosis situation. Clearly, we have a drug and alcohol abuse history here, mm -hmm. but clearly there's something else in play here. This is not just uh, drug and alcohol. There's something else going on here. 
That's what dual diagnosis treatment is about, correct? That's exactly right, Dr. Phillip. What we want to see you do is come be in the midst of a multidisciplinary team uh, that treats far, far more than just addiction. At this point, you need to be selfish in your own behalf and be willing to take care of yourself. Are, are, and I'm making this offer to you that, that your parents are going to pay for this. This is a gift from us to you if you will take it and truly figure out what's going on here. Does that make sense to you to do? Sounds great. We're going to get this started right away. I mean, Thank right you. away. And we'll call y'all at the right time when we need you. Mm -hmm. okay. Meantime, yeah. this is between us. Okay. Agree. Okay? Yes. And we'll be there for that, Adam. Yes, absolutely. You do your part, we'll do ours. Absolutely. Actions speak louder than words. Absolutely. Next, Robin has a really exciting announcement about a global movement that you can join to help make this holiday season a truly special one for people in need. Hey, Dr. Phil here. Did you know that more than 16 million kids in the U.S. are at risk of hunger each day? Join me and visit feedingamerica.org hunger to find your local food bank to help. I'm Dr. Phil, and together, we are Feeding America. Closed captioning provided by Stop justifying your inactivity and avoiding the challenge of change. For help getting started, go to drphil.com for 11 seasons of advice, articles, and exclusive videos you won't find anywhere else. Plus, sign up for the Dr. Phil community to share your story and find support from others, all on drphil.com. Before the break, Philip said I had an exciting announcement to share about how you at home could make this holiday season unforgettable for people in need. Well, it starts today, and it's called Giving Tuesday. Coming on the heels of Black Friday and Cyber Monday, Giving Tuesday is the beginning of a global movement encouraging everyone to talk with their families, their friends, neighbors, and colleagues about the importance of giving. I am honored to be an ambassador for Giving Tuesday. <laughs> Joining Hugh Jackman, Bill and Melinda Gates, and Big Brothers, Big Sisters of America, among other very influential people and organizations. As a longtime advocate for women and children, I recently launched my new foundation, When Georgia Smiled, the Robin McGraw Revelation Foundation, which helps make a difference to those suffering from domestic violence by creating educational programs, as well as drawing global attention to this widespread epidemic. So in the spirit of Giving Tuesday, I would like to ask everyone to join me in helping to end the silence on domestic violence by taking a pledge to become a silence breaker. By signing up, you are promising to no longer sit quietly when it comes to domestic violence and taking a stand for those in need of help. But besides just joining the movement, it is also imperative for you to spread this important message through social media, from Twitter to Facebook to Instagram, in order to get everyone you know to take the Silence Breaker Pledge too. So please go to www.whengeorgiasmile.org to become a Silence Breaker and to learn more about what you can do to give back on Giving Tuesday 
you can also go to www.givingtuesday.org for more information as well. And don't forget, this is not about giving money. This is about giving from your heart, giving something to others so you can give back to your community. So think about that. And I want to just say thank you and goodbye. Thank you.